this is the in focus podcast from the hindu welcome to the hindu's in focus podcast i'm zubeda hamid your host for today it's an ancient disease that has been mentioned in history across the world but one that is now largely forgotten leprosy however continues to exist in india as per data In 2021 the country saw 65147 new cases of leprosy down from 114451 cases in 2019-20 but whether this data is a reflection of ground reality is not known as the covid-19 pandemic hampered the detection of cases patients were unable to access healthcare services due to the lockdowns and almost all public health efforts were directed towards combating the pandemic Leprosy caused by the bacteria Mycobacterium leprae primarily affects the skin and the nerves under the skin. It causes lesions and if left untreated leads to deformities and disabilities. Despite free treatment available across the country in the government health sector, leprosy continues to be stigmatized and patients discriminated against often in their own homes and communities. In 2005, India officially eliminated leprosy as a public health problem. as less than 1 in 10000 people contracted it in a given year but some states in the country continue to have higher rates parts of bihar maharashtra uttar pradesh odisha west bengal and a few others make up a sizable chunk of all cases in the country so what happened to leprosy services in india after 2005 and what happened to them during the pandemic what do we now need to do to ensure that leprosy cases continue to decrease in the country Why does India still account for a significant proportion of the world's leprosy cases and what are the government's plans to completely eliminate the disease? To speak to us about this and more, we have with us today Dr. Joydeepa Dalong, Head Knowledge Management of the Leprosy Mission Trust India. Good morning Dr. Joydeepa and welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast. Good morning and it's an honor and privilege to be a part of this podcast. Dr. Joydeepa, India accounts for over half of the world's new leprosy patients every year. And yet in December 2005, uh, the country achieved the goal of elimination of leprosy as a public health threat with less than one case per 1000 population. Could you talk to us about the situation of leprosy in India, what the numbers are today and why it is still a challenge? Yeah, it's true that uh, India eliminated leprosy as a public health problem uh, because the definition then said that uh, it should be the prevalence should be less than one per ten thousand, and that was in December two thousand five. And uh, since then, the prevalence has come down even more to point six six per ten thousand. But the important thing here to understand is that India is a vast country. and uh, because of its vastness there are areas which have a low prevalence and there are areas which have pockets of very high prevalence so when you take an average definitely it looks as if it is like 1 per 10000 or 0.6 per 10000 but because of the presence of these high endemic pockets uh, there is ongoing transmission that is the people are continuing to get infected so post elimination many things changed the way we treated leprosy the way public health uh, looked at leprosy patients treated leprosy patients in an integrated manner all that um, kind of brought um, 
a stagnation to the actively treating a leprosy in the field and it became sort of mandate of the patient to come and uh, voluntarily report and get the treatment himself uh, and the treatment was also handed over to the local public health system instead of leprosy focused organizations so there was a gap in the expertise of diagnosis and management uh, hence currently uh, it was seen that um, from 2005 onwards there was a peak uh, the the graph went a little higher and the number of cases being diagnosed was getting numbers were increasing along with that even more alarming was that the disability grade was increasing child rate was increasing and uh, it took a few years for the government to actually see that and sit up and take notice that uh, there are the numbers are increasing however a lot of activities have gone on after that and very serious interventions have happened currently india doesn't actually uh, contribute to 50% but yes it is a little less than 50% now but still it is number 1 and uh, we have less number of grade 2 disability that means we are diagnosing early and we are getting more people without disability which is a good thing so in the current years like during the covid years the numbers have reduced to about 65000 in the entire country and uh, that could be due to many reasons but yes uh, it is uh, the numbers are coming down as of now could you talk to us a little bit give us a little bit of a background explanation about leprosy uh, doctor we know that it's a very old in fact an ancient disease but could you talk to us a little bit about uh, how how it is contracted how it spreads and what what the um, what the uh, treatment options are yeah so leprosy definitely is one of the most oldest disease and uh, cited in almost all the scriptures uh, of the world uh, so leprosy has implications uh, in a lot of areas so the most commonly affected organs are the skin and the nerves so when leprosy uh, leprosy is caused by a bacteria and it's a bacteria which is very close to uh, in its uh, structure and its uh, properties uh, to tb bacteria so we call that uh, mycobacterium leprae and this is a bacteria which has unique properties it number one is it grows only in human beings it grows in another animal called armadillo which is not found in india so you can say that the only source of transmission is a human being it cannot come from any animal source number one second is it's a very slow growing bacteria it means that if the bacteria comes into my body uh, for any reason i inhale that bacteria it enters through my nose it will stay in my body and grow very slowly and probably it will take about about 2 to 8 to 10 years to manifest the disease so we we say that the incubation period of the bacteria is very long and then we have its uh, characteristic of staying on the cooler parts of the body so it stays on the skin which is we know that skin is the most cool part of the body it stays on the skin and it also stays in the nerves which are closer to the skin like just underneath the skin so we have some specific nerves which are under the skin which get infected so it affects the skin and the nerves what happens in the skin 
we get patches. Uh, the patches will be light colored uh, from the normal skin and it will lose sensation. Now, all many skin diseases have lightness of color, but the, the typical leprosy patch will have no sensation. It cannot understand touch, it cannot understand temperature, hot, cold. And if you look very closely, there will be loss of hair, dryness. Dryness is because there is lack of sweating. So, these are patches that come all over the body. It starts with one, then goes on to two, three, if untreated, in, all over the body. And the nerves are the most serious problems in leprosy. And today, leprosy is the talk of the town because of the nerve affection. So, what happens in the nerves is, nerves have uh, three properties. The most important property is its ability to help us work, move. And uh, use our hands and fingers, use our eyes to close, use our feet to walk. And when the leprosy bacterium infects these nerves, some of the activities get paralyzed. For example, we will not be able to use the thumb. We will not be able to make a fist. We will not be able to walk without dragging our feet. We will not be able to blink because um, we blink but the eye remains open. And we'll not be able to close the eye completely so the cornea, the black cornea gets exposed. So these are certain things that can happen. Then what happens is we lose sensation on the palms and the soles. Now that is very important because if we lose sensation, we don't have pain. Any injury cause can, cause, um, can be caused and we would not be aware of that injury because there is no pain. If there is no pain, that injury doesn't get rested. Uh, for example, if you hurt your feet by hitting on a stone or a piece of glass, you will rest that foot, you will not walk on that foot, you would limp because you would want that area to be rested. It is body's natural mechanism to heal. But when there is no sensation, then you do not rest the part because you are not getting the pain. And because you don't rest it, the injury worsens and worsens and it enters the in internal part of the body, it goes to the fatty layer, it goes to the bones, it gets infected and then uh, you see the mutilation happening, the fingers and the toes uh, mutilate, they get uh, destroyed, sometimes they need to be operated upon, sometimes people lose fingers, toes and legs, uh, even the lower part of the legs. So this is called deformity and leprosy is associated with deformity and the reason for the deformity is the nerve infection. So, uh, leprosy is just not a physical disease. What all I described now was physical. But because of the deformity from time immemorial, people have uh, found this very ugly. And uh, hence, people affected by leprosy have been discriminated. They have been sent away from homes. They have been excommunicated from communities. They haven't been able to take part in religious festivals or family gatherings and they all they do not be not given opportunities in jobs colleges schools you know so the deformity the visible deformity is the one that uh, is the most worrying in leprosy and that is the reason why discrimination and the stigma is so high in leprosy uh, so the treatment options yeah, treatment has been very successful in india we piloted the treatment. It is called MDT, which is multi-drug therapy. It's a combination of three drugs. Out of that, one is taken once monthly only and the other two 
are taken daily. So the one that's taken monthly is rifampicin and uh, daily are dapsone and clofazimine. So the, the disease can be a, a low disease and a high disease. A low disease is where the patches are few, there are no nerves involved and the patient has actually come quite early. So we can treat that patient with six months of treatment uh, and we don't give three drugs, we give two drugs in that. And if the disease is high, if it has gone further, more than five patches, nerves are multiply involved. So uh, those patients are given three drug regime and it's given for a year. These are the basic two treatment options. And government of India has uh, given, have made it free of cost uh, treatment to all patients from anywhere they choose to take the medication. And this is supplied by the company Novartis to uh, globally. So that is something that the patients should understand that it, the treatment is free of cost. However, there are complications uh, to leprosy when they take medications. There may be changes in the immune system. So there would be certain, some increase in patches. There could be some eruptions which are painful, having fever. Uh, so these patients would require another set of treatments which, has, which is given with steroids. Even that is supplied free of cost in the government sector. And it is a prolonged course, sometimes three to four months, three to six months, sometimes even longer. And the patients have to take that along with MDT. Practically, MDT is the treatment of choice for leprosy. And if there are complications, we give steroids. There are other treatments also, but when we continue our discussion, we would come upon those treatments. Doctor, a little earlier you were telling us that as per data from the National Leprosy Eradication Program, a total of 65,147 new leprosy cases were detected in 2021 in India, as against 1,14,451 cases in 2019-20. Uh, do you think this is a true reflection of the number or did our COVID-19 pandemic hamper the patients coming forward to health centers because of the various lockdowns that we had? Yeah, this data has to be taken with a lot of understanding. There are uh, two aspects of it, I would say. One is, yes, definitely what you said that people would not have been able to access uh, care during the COVID times because of lockdowns. And also because most of the health personnel were deployed for COVID care. So practically chronic diseases uh, management and um, care was shut. So these uh, this could be a reason. The second reason is, um, government has been very active in doing um, campaigns. So if you look at 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, there have been quite a bit of campaigns where um, it, it was a driven, uh, healthcare driven campaign where patients were screened very actively and uh, diagnosed and offered treatment. So those campaigns were not possible in the pandemic times. Um, campaigns are the places where you see sudden spike in uh, number of cases that tells you that okay uh, a, a campaign has happened a detection early detection campaign has happened so uh, that was not again not possible so we would be definitely saying that these numbers are not a true reflection and also currently we have noticed that we are getting patients with uh, numbers are less but more towards uh, higher burden of disease and towards disability. So they are coming when it is late. They couldn't come when it was early because it did not trouble them. 
they wouldn't have noticed that their hands and feet are getting paralyzed slowly. Only when the paralysis is visible, only when they are completely unable to do their activity, they realize that, okay, something is wrong with me. Let me go to the hospital. You know, the rural people have more important things to think of rather than a patch on the face or some people do not even notice patches unless it is multiple or somebody points it out. So you are right in saying that there is a difficult, there was a difficulty in accessing. There was difficulty in uh, staff being available because they were all deployed for COVID-19 work. And of course, the campaigns did not happen. So it is definitely less. We'll have to wait and watch in the coming year to see how, how it turns out. Doctor, uh, talk to us a little bit about why some parts of India continue to be uh, pockets of leprosy. You said that the national average has gone down, which is why we declared the disease as eliminated. But some states, Bihar, MP, UP, Chhattisgarh, West Bengal, Maharashtra, continue to see a high burden of cases. Why is this? Yeah, I wish we had the answer. <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult question. Um, we have also been trying to understand and all our activities are focused on these high burden states and high burden districts. And uh, frankly speaking, when I was I was uh, about uh, 18, 17, 18 years working in a district called Purulia and Purulia is also one of the high burden districts. And the question is so much work is going on, but why doesn't it come down? Well, there could be many reasons for that because it's high endemic, the transmission happens faster and more because the bacterium is in the air, in the soil, in the water. That could be one of the reasons. And uh, places where healthcare facilities are not utilized optimally, that could be another reason. There are many hidden cases because there is still stigma in the community. And uh, you know what a stigma does, even if you compare that with the stigma of COVID, you know, many, many people who had COVID were reluctant to tell people that they were tested positive. So the stigma is like that. Leprosy, many people would want to hide till it is no more being able to be hidden. And even if they are hidden, taking treatment, they would be taking from somewhere distant to their place of stay so that nobody recognizes them for when they go and take medication. And um, sometimes even their own spouses or own their family members are not told. Uh, one or two confidants are there who would be told and then they would take treatment. The stigma is another factor where literacy levels are low, where populations are vulnerable. Um, we find that uh, uh, people hide and then when they come, it's quite late. And late means they have spread the disease to many people before they sought treatment. So uh, these are probably the reasons for high endemicity. Uh, however, I guess uh, more research uh, into that, uh, it's especially using digital methods would help us understand the dynamics of the geopolitical uh, reasons for high endemicity. Doctor, you talked to us a little bit about how after 2005, when the disease was declared eliminated, um, we began to uh, rely on passive modes of detection. We wanted patients to come forward and be diagnosed rather than actually go door to door and di and do the diagnosis. What really happened? Did uh, did we put a halt to uh, the kinds of services that were available pre two thousand and five? I wouldn't say there was a halt in the services. I would say rather there was a change in the method the services were delivered. Uh, so, um, if you uh, went, if you saw what was happening before 2005, 
it was a vertical system. We had uh, designated leprosy clinics in all the hospitals where the patient would come to go to the clinic, collect his medicines and go. But then here it was integrated into the general clinic. So they would have to uh, kind of stand in the line like normal other patient and go to the doctor who is treating any other disease like you know, cold cough, fever or a chicken pox or a malaria and also stand in that line. If there was facility for a separate dermatology clinic, probably they would go into the derm, derm clinic. So things changed. Uh, services were available, but uh, it was not focused availability, number one. Second was because all the people who were doing general medical care were uh, required to see leprosy, they lacked the expertise. So what a non-NMS uh, paramedical worker would see the patch and doubt it is leprosy, but when it came to the general health population, that degree of suspicion become low because they would not have seen so many leprosy patients or managed patients. Hence, diagnosis also became a challenge. Management also became a challenge. And people losing faith started going here and there, you know, didn't know where to go couldn't uh, access treatment because they went and they were told go go to some other building so twice a week you will get medication so these were certain operational challenges which people face uh, for example if a patient is coming to a hospital which is about three hours away from his village and he's being told that no today is monday you have to come and collect the medicine on tuesday he's not going to he's a daily wage laborer he's not going to lose every day's wages to come and stand in the line for medication so these operational factors were uh, what uh, prevented so the uh, reporting went uh, haywire and people you know it, it kind of became a little neglected neglected disease it is a neglected disease but it became a little more neglected at that point doctor um so when you like you said it became a little more neglected at that point so do, do you think that uh post the covid scenario especially when our entire health expertise was focused on eliminating COVID and all other disease was sort of marginalized through the pandemic. Do you think we need a refocus on leprosy? Yes, I mean, it has to be a refocus because we have set parameters and targets for us to fulfill by the year 2025, 2030, 2035. We have our certain dead, deadlines and goals. So we just need to refocus. Yes, definitely. And of course, the other goodness of the pandemic is that we have learned a lot. We have learned new ways and methods to deal with situations, especially taking technology into consideration. So, yes, we need to refocus. And I guess that refocusing has already started. You were talking to us about expertise, doctor. What happened? Did uh, did we, did uh, because the disease was considered eliminated and because it's somewhat neglected, do we not have enough expertise in the country uh, in terms of people who know about leprosy and know how to diagnose and treat it? Um, uh, yes. Um, we, uh, yeah, we do not have, I will say that uh, point blank, that we do not have enough expertise to diagnose and to manage the challenge comes in diagnosis because it's such a rare disease. I mean, even though the numbers are high in India, you would see more of it in the rural areas and uh, the, the degree of suspicion is low among doctors. I, I'll start from the beginning. I did my medicine and if you look at our MBBS career and the curriculum, uh, dermatology is very small and 
dermatology is covers very uh, is given very short time of learning and considering that uh, leprosy will get even more even less time so most of the children during mbbs career probably have just heard the word leprosy or probably haven't heard the word leprosy then comes a post graduation now post graduation dermatology uh, post graduates will learn more about leprosy but um, when you go to the rural india or in urban india it is the patients will definitely not seek out dermatologists to settle their problem they will go to the gp and they will go if they if they are having fever and eruptions they'll go to a physician if they have a deformity they'll probably think it is a bony thing they'll go to the orthopedician or if they consider paralysis they'll go to the neurologist or if they have some kind of uh, joint swelling joints and you know they might land up with a rheumatologist if it is a child they'll go to a pediatric person you know so leprosy can mimic or uh, can come in various specialties whereas leprosy is not taught in any of the specialties except derm so it is on the dermat on the other specialties to think that this is leprosy and co consider referral to derm so you can understand the complication of the path of a, a journey of a patient so that is the type of expertise we are looking at and then you would also know the reality of india's management in that uh, in the villages most of the patients first point of contact of healthcare provider is a village practitioner the registered medical practitioners or non formal health practitioners so they also have no clue of what leprosy is because they don't undergo any training program they will try all kinds of ointments and medications and vitamins and things like that and when they visibly see that there is a deformity happened then they would say oh maybe now you should go and see a dermatologist or a, or a person in that hospital something like that so the expertise is low uh, because it's not something that people think right away they would think of a fungal infection they would think of vitiligo and they would give all kinds of ointments by then the nerve is already getting damaged so that is the sad story of uh, leprosy treatment uh, in our country which can be strengthened and there are plans and operational there 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 go lot of things are happening to improve on that two more quick questions doctor you spoke about children are we seeing more cases in children than before or is this just a factor of better detection it is difficult for me to say uh, for anybody actually to say why children are more better detection could be one more importantly more awareness could be one because a lot of awareness has happened in the communities so it could be that a um, lot of awareness brings people brings the children forward uh, it could also indicate that the transmission is continuing because then the rate of number of children getting disease indicates the community transmission so we have to be careful we need to take the number of children and analyze it very carefully and instead of rather talking too much about the numbers concentrate on where the children numbers are more and try to diagnose uh, more patients there so that the transmission is cut it's uh, and so then we can reduce the number of patients getting diseases last question doctor what do you think is the way forward now post pandemic you spoke to us about the necessity for digital mapping of these areas to figure out where the endemic pockets are and to try and cut transmission there what what else do we need to do and what are the government plans in this regard 
yeah and so the pandemic has taught us many things like i said and uh, yeah digital mapping when resources are uh, to be utilized smartly we need to uh, give the amount of resource that we have maximally to areas where which we would benefit maximum so mapping is a very important tool where we can see the concentration of patients and then uh, if we have resources which are uh, constrained we could have door to door surveillance or uh, early detection campaign in those high risk high endemic areas where the pockets are higher i think that that could be one way forward the second thing is uh, there are lot of layers to leprosy detection so one of them uh, the curricula at the medical college level and all being, being looked at so that people are more aware that this is a this is a diagnosis that cannot be afforded to be missed a lot of awareness com- campaigns are going on uh, for early detection that is important the government has also uh, put in position and they have said that post exposure prophylaxis can be given now post exposure prophylaxis is a single dose of rifampicin that can be given to contacts so states have to adopt that and identify contacts and give the medication there are challenges to that because contacts uh, index cases the cases may not want their contacts to know that they have the disease so it's a huge uh, concern for stigma so that has to be uh, overcome and uh, you know india being a country where tb is so high many people express concerns about rifampicin being given as a prophylactic treatment so if that is so we also know that indians are very good in over the counter medication medicating themselves so taking all these into consideration uh, there are challenges but the government has put in place that we can give sdr single dose rifampicin it is also trying to pilot the vaccine the mip vaccine in a research mode to see whether the number of cases given uh, vaccinated with this vaccine can actually bring down but that is of course in a research mode and yeah the focus should be increasing the expertise in our country so that people are uh, aware and they have a high degree of suspicion to diagnose the disease medication is available all over the country and the other thing that we have 2016 we government started a uh, reporting portal called nikosht and uh, that is an extremely valuable portal where anybody can report from the government side so the the plan is that private practitioners will also be enabled to report through the nikosht it is in it is in the planning so once that also gets reported migrant laborers who go from one state to another can be traced and treated uh, so that nobody defaults so uh, we are doing a expertise um, capacity building we are doing early detection we are doing contact management by uh, sdr and by um, vaccination and we are also enabling people migrants to uh, take medication from anywhere because the digital portal can show their history to any doctor anywhere and the reporting is going to improve so i think these are the way forwards that we have Thank you so much for speaking to us today Dr. Jaydeepa. You're welcome and it was a ple- uh, pleasure and honor to speak about the Pisia cause that I'm very passionate about. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.